Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to Jackie Jagger, who is a leadership and mindset coach. Jackie shares with us the reason why she's passionate about supporting newly promoted managers. We talk about why we need to ensure that these people do not get their confidence knocked rather than built up in those early days and months in the role. We discuss the difference between people-focused organisations and performance-focused organisations. We look at what's needed for people who are newly promoted. And then the one question that Jackie asks all the people that she works with. So join me on today's episode. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business and life without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host. I'm a leadership coach and workplace trainer helping you and your workforce to increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, if you've not done this before, please do find the little subscribe button on your podcast app and ensure that you never miss another episode. Importantly, too, please leave a review. It helps the podcast platform to know what's popular and to be able to share it with other people. So thank you if you've already done that. If not, go over and get it done now. (laughs) Now, Before I dive into today's episode, I've had quite a few calls recently from people who are finding things difficult. They are exhausted, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling anxious, and they know that these difficulties are affecting performance. Now, whilst I work with organisations quite a lot, I suppose the bit that I forget to tell people is that I do work with individuals too. And it's definitely been a stressful and tiring time. And I won't deny that there's even been days when I just want to hide under the duvet with a book and come out, you know, uh, next summer, quite honestly. So if the stress is getting to you, if it's stopping you sleeping, or if you're feeling that you're having to work all hours to just, you know, keep on top of things, then please do get in touch with me. We can book a call and talk about the different ways that we can work together to help you to be more focused, uh, work more efficiently and just feel so much better about yourself. I've also been working with organisations in a number of different ways. Now we've got Mental Health Awareness Day coming up and I'm going to be sharing some of the information that I share with organisations on today's podcast. But if you want your mental health awareness workshop for your individuals or for your managers, then do get in touch with me. Also, it's National Stress Awareness Week from the 1st to the 5th of November. So talk to me if you haven't got anything sorted for that yet. There's the option of workshops, of awareness, or also my stress awareness pack that you can buy from me that gives you 
uh, quizzes, information, resources and ways that you can implement things in your workplace to be able to raise awareness about stress and improve people's stress levels so they can be really focused and engaged and perform at their best too. If any of those interest you or you just want to bounce some ideas and ask for my advice on what will help in your workplace and the latest trends, then please do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com and we can book a call. So today, listeners, I've got the very wonderful Jackie Jagger on the show. She is known sometimes as well as the Mind Monkey Tamer. Jackie is a leadership and mindset coach with a particular focus on helping first-time senior leaders make a successful transition from technical expert to confident leader. So Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Lovely to be here. So we're going to have a great conversation today about supporting newly promoted managers. But before we kind of dive into that, do you want to just tell us a little bit um, about you and your background and how you became the Mind Monkey Tamer? Of course. Thank you. So, yeah, my background is primarily in retail and hospitality businesses. Um, and I guess the the kind of the emphasis on the Mind Monkey Tamer and my, my kind of passion for what I do really stemmed from my experiences in particular in one leadership role. So I worked for Bravissimo at a point where they were growing very quickly. I was in my late 20s, promoted into my first director role. And I was just so fortunate because um, back then, back in the day, um, coaching just wasn't really a thing. And it was comparatively unusual. And I had the benefit of being supported um, by an exec coach as I kind of made that transition. And for me, at that stage of my career, um, you know, I went in the space of a few years from being a bank manager with a team of five um, to being a customer services and retail director with a team directly and indirectly of 600. So it was a very kind of significant shift. Um, and I was buzzing. I absolutely loved that phase. I loved the opportunity to lead. I felt really supported. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and I was just absolutely loving life. And it was only a bit later, really, I guess, that I recognised that for a lot of newly promoted leaders, it's actually a time when in, in it could be that experience that I had, but the reality of it can be very, very different if people don't get the support that they, they need, because people who are great at what they do and get promoted can kind of almost have to take on this sort of mantle of leadership that can feel a big responsibility. And it can actually really um, kind of knock their confidence rather than build it. And they can find it just, the expectation is that they know what to do, they know how to be, you know, they're talented, they, they're great. And yeah, it's really easy to make that assumption that they'll just make a smooth transition, they'll, you know, go off running um, and that's not always the case and you know all, all too often sadly the golden boy or golden girl can get you know knocked off the pedestal they can go from hero to zero in the blink of an eye um, and talent is being wasted in organizations as a result and that's a real you probably hear it in my voice it's a real kind of passion for me is that that just is such a waste it doesn't need to happen um, and so for businesses and for the individuals um, you know, my, my passion is helping people to get to that place where 
they understand what's going on in their head, they understand why they're feeling the way they do, um, and they understand the practical steps that they can take to really embrace that role of leader and, and lead with confidence. And it's so important, isn't it, really? That, um, so what, there's a couple of things that I, um, like phrases that I frequently am saying, either on other episodes of the podcast or even with organisations and the individuals that come to me for coaching. Um, you know, and the, the first one really is there's, there's, no, uh, there's no middle management manual, you know, um, so that people get to that level. And, and the other bit is about that usually I'm saying, look, you, you, often people are promoted because they're really, really good at what they do. But the bit that's missing are the kind of leadership skills and the people aspect of things. Um, and then I suppose, really, I suppose there's a third thing that people that know me, <laughs> get to know me well, you know, know that I'm totally straightforward. Um, what you get is what you see and sometimes I'm saying to people you know if actually if we didn't have to do people stuff everything would be so much easier <laughs> but it didn't you know it really doesn't align and we know this obviously from COVID and everything we need people we need people in our lives for lots and lots and lots of different reasons but they, it also you know managing people leading people comes with its kind of own set of challenges as well what is it that, that makes you really really passionate now about supporting the newly promoted leaders? I think it's because for, for so many, they, they haven't had a role model that they feel they can relate to. And, you know, if you are a high flyer, if you're talented and ambitious and you get promoted relatively young, or for a lot of the organisations I work with, they're not huge organisations, they may be kind of SME a bit bigger than that. They may be, you know, founder-led, um, where, you know, somebody that is leading the organization or leading them may not have had that support themselves, may not, you know, so they're not necessarily seeing a, a way of being in, in a leadership role that they relate to or that feels easy for them to emulate. And so what that can then lead to sometimes is that they kind of can see stuff that they don't want and they don't want to be like that, but they don't always start from what do I want to be like? And I think the other thing is that when, when somebody is in that kind of first real leadership role, there is this kind of question that they can ask themselves of kind of, okay, can I be like this? Can I continue to be myself? Or And there's a real risk that instead of being true to them, they go through this pattern of trying to be what they expect of the, or what they think the expectation is so their behaviors can then and 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 when you're transitioning into a new leadership role momentum is so important you know if you don't get your team behind you if you don't build those relationships and that network early in a new role in a new transition it's really hard to kind of unpick that and go back and, and redo it. it's much easier if you can kind of get get off the blocks running um, and I think that those lack of role models can be a real thing um, and I think then that kind of questioning of themselves and trying to be trying to fit in with what they think is expected, rather than looking inside and being okay, you know, what, what, how do I want to be? What do I want my team to think of me? What do, what do I want my reputation to be within the business? And when they ask themselves those questions, it can unlock some, some really powerful stuff. So I, I love seeing 
those light bulbs ping when people start to kind of make that shift and ask themselves those questions rather than the kind of right okay I've been promoted I should be like this now try and be like this that doesn't fit that doesn't feel right but I'm just going to carry on my head down anyway. If we're working and and sort of almost behaving and trying to push through in a way that is not natural to us that is not comfortable to us then that's going to raise the stress levels that's going to make things a lot harder they're almost like acting their way through it. We know Brené Brown talks a lot about that vulnerability at work but I think there's a misconception sometimes about being vulnerable and then we're still because you are the mind monkey tamer but we are still working on some of those preconceived ideas like you've said about what the boss if you like or or the leader or the manager you know should look like and I think we've got an idea of being that very sort of strict authoritarian type person haven't we yeah and I can remember it was obviously pre-covid because I'm going to say sat beside a, a lady that was major in the army at a networking sort of um, event and I was talking to her about different things to do with leadership and things like that and she said that even the British army are changing the way that they um, speak to people and the way that they lead so that you've not just got that literally what I call sergeant major type approach so if even the British army are changing the way that they kind of speak to people and the way that they lead people then that's got to be good for business everywhere yeah and and I um, was asked a question um, just today actually from somebody who's going into a new role who was kind of thrown a bit because it was this question of oh, this organisation have said that they're people-focused rather than performance-focused, and I'm not really sure how, what what should I do? So this isn't somebody that's been promoted, they're already in a leadership role and they're changing organisation. And there was this question of, oh, well, how do I be different in a, in a company? And, and to me, you know, that, and that was my response, was it's not that people organisations don't care about performance, it's that they recognise that performance comes through developing people it comes through stretching people at an appropriate level and in an appropriate way it comes through providing um you know resources and ways of working that don't prompt and add to chronic stress or or promote burnout it comes from being inclusive it comes from valuing and respecting difference so all of those things actually really contribute. And I think the, the old model of leadership where, you know, that potentially came under that banner of, you know, we are a performance organization and the results are what count and you need to get the results if you're gonna stay here, actually promotes a, a sense of fear that activates people. And this is the, this is the bit that I love because, you know, it's so, so prevalent in um, the mind monkey stuff is that, you know, then people end up where they lack the confidence, they they doubt their ability to deliver the result, but they don't want to damage other people's confidence in them. So it's really hard to put your hand up and say, I don't know if I can get that result. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that thing that you're asking of me. Can I have some help? Um, so yeah, it's it's just a I think the, the forward-thinking organizations. You know, and it's amazing to hear that the army are are doing that because I think you're absolutely right that if they, you know, an organisation of that size and with that history, um, you know, are taking that approach, then it's it's a, a great time for organisations to check themselves and think, you know, is this is this actually serving me? This kind of approach that I've been taking, are we actually getting the results, or are we not? And very often, they're not. No. 
And even if they are, there's there's often possibly even better results that can get in a, you know, in a different way with yeah. some of those different, what I al almost call fundamental sort of manager type skills about the way that we delegate or who in particular we delegate to. And that's about knowing your teams and knowing the strengths and things like that, about the way that we motivate people and encourage people. I, I said on one of the other, one of my other podcast episodes um, a little while ago that my daughter was really confused. She'd been working in a supermarket and, and it was through COVID, of which I'm very, very proud that she managed to stick it out. And she came home and she said, oh, the, you know, the manager said, you know, thanks for today. And she had this funny look on her face. And I said, what's the funny look for, darling? And, uh, and she was like, well, I was just doing my job. But then I had to say to her, well, you know, was everybody else kind of, you know, you stayed later and you dealt with this and you dealt with this. And she was a bit like, well, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but how were other people? How was this person? And how was this person? Oh, well, they were just going really, really slow. And they were, right. So, oh, I get it now. And I think that encouragement is one of the really undervalued skills yeah. of leadership. Um, there is this view that being able to kind of critique and troubleshoot is really valuable, is really important. And encouragement and being nice and being kind feels a bit like it's a bit soft and fluffy. It's a bit woolly. It's a bit kind of like, mm. and, you know, there's this kind of, um, you know, again, stemming from that kind of old model of leadership, a kind of, you know, the tough love and, you know, straight down the line. And my experience is that when people are encouragers rather than critics, the impact that as a leader that has is just enormous. And my interesting, my brother last week, um, he works in um, a firm on um, tenders and proposals and led a team that won a multi-million pound contract. And the impact that it had on him when the, the CEO, so they're a European subsidiary, the CEO is um, American and, and made a point of sending an email to say thank you. Tiny, tiny thing, but just the impact of that for him to feel recognised that his hard work and all those hours of, you know, putting it into it and kind of getting it ready and making it the best it could be so they won the contract, the impact of that on him was huge and um, I mean they sent him a bottle of champagne I think he appreciated that but actually it was what the CEO took the time to do um, that, that was the bigger impact on him so yeah encouragement and noticing the positives I think for so many leaders is one thing that they undervalue or under un don't recognize the impact that they can have through doing things like that yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think some people can get so wrapped up in kind of almost the busyness. We are in a fast paced world. There is always more to do in any day or any week. And these bits can often get forgotten. Um, I can remember ages ago, yeah, lots of years ago when I was back in Cork, there was a big thing about recognition. But actually, then what was happening and people were complaining about it was that, um, you know, there were certain teams that seemed to get recognition frequently and then other teams didn't really get any recognition in the formal platforms of things. But that really, it wasn't about how the teams were doing. That was much more indicative about whether the manager recognised and stopped and thought and took the time to sort of, you know, log that recognition and they got vouchers or bits and pieces and things like that. Um, and, and whether that particular manager of those different teams did recognise the value and took the time to be able to do it. Um, 
but I think there was it began to get a little bit of resentment about some people just get it all the time and some people you know don't get it at all so you get that mismatch and that's that's kind of when you start to look at culture really and where it's needed right across an, an organization and things if we were to sort of add anything to that with people that are listening and they've got somebody that is a kind of you know newly promoted then we've talked about providing encouragement and support and feedback are there other things that you think that would be helpful I think when people are newly promoted one of the things that doesn't get done either as much or as often or quite in the right way is the setting of expectations. So one of some of my coaches, I'm thinking of one in particular who was like, I had you running in my head saying it, um, which is you you can't beat somebody up for failing to meet an expectation you haven't set. And so often, I think as leaders and managers, there's this assumption of, that that person understands what I expect of them, that it's perfectly clear to me in my head, so it must be clear. And there's an assumption that people know what's expected and it's not always kind of tested and checked. And often that is the source of, you know, either frustration or disappointment or feeling that somebody's not performing and can, can often stem from that you think you've been clear with what you expect, but actually you haven't. And so it's one of those areas where the more that you can check in with yourself of have I been clear, have I, and and I see it often where people are kind of like, you know, or they don't show the initiative, they don't kind of step up and it's kind of, okay, but if they don't feel they've got permission to come to you with that, or if you don't ask them when they come, you know, very often somebody will come and say, what do you want me to do about this? And the instinct, the quickest thing as a a leader or manager is to to give an answer. And the slower thing sometimes is to say, okay, well, what would you do if I wasn't here? What are the options that you want me to consider? But by slowing it down like that, you get that expectation that a person does think, does show initiative. And then they start to be the person that will be kind of, okay, I've seen this on the radar. These are the things I've thought of. I was going to go for this option just checking that that's what you want me to do and who doesn't want somebody like that on their team exactly but it takes training yourself in order to get that response back from them and I think that that can be like you say in a busy world it's it's hard to do Um, and I think one of the other things that that I see a lot because of how busy lives are for, for people in those roles is that things that are important are under-prioritised and things that are urgent are over-prioritised. And as a leader, it's so key to focus on the important. And yes, sometimes stuff truly is urgent, but sometimes it feels it because it's got a deadline. And actually, it's not as important. The deadline can slip to allow something else to come in. Um, so yeah and some of that again is about um some of the things that we've already talked about really in that they all sort of blend in and interweave don't they about having the confidence to just take a deep breath be able to step back let's look at it differently or have a discussion or check in for um you know for information look back and check at details bring people into the fold with you and, and, and all those sorts of things that 
a kind of, you know, a really skilled manager would be able to do, but some of those newly promoted managers need some help and support in um, even being able to being confident with themselves and, and remembering not to just always be sort of uh, quick fire and reactive about whatever it is that's sort of in front of them or to even almost ignore or disregard some of the things because that they think that they are the one that has to make all of the decisions and, and you know, take all of the action with something. Yeah. It's the, in our society, I think knowledge is prized. And so there can be an ego piece that, you know, being the expert, you know, when you're leading a team and people come to you for answers and you know it immediately, it can feel good to give that answer immediately but it's not always the right thing to do in the longer term. And so I think it's, there's a real kind of tension of getting out of that habit of being the font of all knowledge. And actually, you know, as a leader, there's a massive amount of value in being the least knowledgeable in the room, because that way your it means that what that, it means is that your team are upskilled. They have that knowledge, they have that ability and, you know, you're, there's still a massive role to play as a leader in bringing that together and in, in making it work and um, what have you. But it, it can be hard to let go of being that, of kind of feeling like the expert, feeling clever, feeling like you know it, the answers. Um, it's just so tempting to, to just give them. Um, and it's hard to train yourself back out of that when you've had a career where your progression has been because you are really good at what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely that. You know, which brings us back to some of the things that I said at the beginning about people being promoted because they're good at what they do. And that support network then, and then when they surround themselves with a, you know, a good team that feels that they are empowered to take some responsibility and take initiative and do checking in, is that then these people do not feel quite so alone about things. And it's not just about kind of the mentally alone of I have to do everything and I have to make all the decisions but actually not having any support and anyone to talk to and that's hugely important as well isn't it I yeah, absolutely and I think in particular for first-time leaders yeah. because they're stepping out from being a part of the team there are conversations that they could have had as part of the team that are no longer appropriate they haven't yet, they don't necessarily feel like they belong yet with their peers because they're new in and their peers are more established. And then with their boss, it's kind of, well, I don't want to lose face or look like an idiot by asking something stupid or saying the wrong thing. So it can be a very difficult time if you don't build that support in, in other ways. And I was really fortunate, again, in my first leadership role where somebody else started at the same time as I did and it gave us that opportunity to kind of be sounding boards for each other and develop alongside each other um, but I went later went into a different role where I came in after the team had been formed and it that was really hard because I struggled with my confidence in in that role because everybody else seemed to already know everything and you know already have kind of formed their relationships and I felt on the outside of that and I think that can feel so difficult so you, yeah totally echo the importance of you know that support and finding the places where you can get it and the places where you can have those conversations yeah if there was one thing that you find yourself saying to all of your sort of coaches or that you want people to take away from what do you think that would be 
So the, the question that I ask a coachee when they are new into their role and they are um, you know, establishing themselves is what do you want to be remembered for? And the reason that I use that question is because when you stay true to that, it's it's kind of a North Star. You know, it, it reminds you that, do you know what? I do know what I want to be remembered for. And, and once you know that, then you have clarity about the steps that will, or at least the first steps that will help you create that legacy. So, yeah, that would be my takeaway of if you are struggling, if you are feeling a bit lost, is to go back to that question, ask yourself, what do I want to be remembered for? And from that will come out some of those behaviours, ways of being that will help you make that possible. I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. And there's another episode with Tina McDonald, which is about, you know, why the leadership is not about you. It is about supporting your teams and and. The, the impacts that you're having across the whole organization and I'll link to that in the show notes for everybody to go and listen to but then yes it's about that that, that impact that you want to make and, and like you say what they what they want to be remembered for oh do you know it's time's flown but there's so much I could talk to you about I could have carried on all day loved it Oh, no, it's fantastic. But I want to thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on today. I know the listeners will get such great value from this. But if they want to find you, where can they do that? Uh, so LinkedIn um, is where I tend to hang around. So yeah, if you just search me, Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-I, Jagger, and J-A-G-G-E-R on LinkedIn, then you will find me there. And that's where I mostly hang out. That's absolutely fantastic. So thank you once again. Thank you for having me. I've absolutely had a ball. Brilliant. So listeners, I will put all the links in the show notes, including how you can get in touch with Jackie and the links to the other podcast episodes. If you would be so kind as to leave a review, if you can find out where to do that, it's not the easiest thing. But also, you know, do share on social media that you've been listening to this. Tag me, tag Jackie, um, and let us know the thing that you've taken away that's been of value to you. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.